I was in the shop the other day, and can you guess what I saw in the shops? I thought, September, you got your regular list of shops. Hey, Alex, how you doing, sir? You want to grab a seat? Yeah. Great. Well, you go grab a seat. With, you sit in there. Perfect. Good to have you with me. I'll give me some company. Now, what do you think, Boys and Girls Brigade, I maybe saw in the shops? Can you guess what I saw? Hopefully this will catch up. Can you guess what kind of things I saw? Ross, what do you think I saw in the shops? Christmas stuff. I mean, come on, it's September. Christmas stuff. You've got to be having a laugh. I found Christmas stuff in the shops. Can you guess how many days until it is Christmas? Put your hands up if you want to take a guess. How many guests do you think it is? Four months. Four months. <laughs> uh, so October, less than four months. It's three months. How many days? 95 days, Whew, pretty close. Anybody want to go higher or lower? It wasn't 95, what do you think? 90, higher or lower, anybody, Charlotte? 91, I'll go take one more guess from the back, the back here. 93, oh, you're all very, very close. 94, it's 94 days from today. Now, some of you will be thinking, that's a really long time away, 94 days, oh. Some of you will be thinking, 94 days, what's going on? Hands up if you're a 94 day, this is ages away kind of person. Not many of you, not as many as I thought. Hands up if you think 94 days, that's really close. Me, with double hands. Like, I've got a lot of work at Christmas time. I'm thinking, how have I got to fit this all in? Christmas is not far away. And the, the passage we read from the Bible today, is usually read at Christmas time. And it was words by the prophet Isaiah to God's people. Can anybody tell me what a prophet is? Any boys and girls in the GB and BB? Can you tell me what a prophet is? What do you think, Joan? What's a prophet? Maybe some kind of, maybe a minister or someone that looks after Well, I, I don't think they would like to call me a prophet sometimes, but no, not quite. But as a person, what do you think? What's a prophet? Not making money, <laughs> definitely not making money. Although, if you're American, that might be the case. Uh, anybody else want to take a guess? What's a prophet? A messenger, that's right. A messenger from God with a loud message and he's trying to get this message across to God's people. A really important message. Now, I've picked out a couple of the phrases from our reading, but I've hidden some of the words. And I wonder if you can remember what these words were. In verse 6, it'll come up in a second, we read, to us a something is given. A three-letter word. Anybody want to guess what that word was? What do you think the word was? A son, that's right. I'm not going to write it up. Um, next one is verse 7. He will reign on someone's throne. Who do you think this was? Oh, one of the girls in the middle. Who do you think it was? David's throne, perfect. Oh, you've been listening, I'm impressed. And then there was another bit in verse six where we had some names of this person. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty Something, Something Father. Can anybody fill in the first gap? Mighty Something, what do you think? God, that's right, Mighty God. And then what was the last one? Something Father. Have you got a guess? No. Anybody else got a guess? Oh, one over here. 
everlasting Father, perfect. These were all the things. And so Isaiah had this message and he was trying to tell the people of God, there's this king coming and he's going to be amazing and he's going to be God in the flesh. But why did Isaiah have to give that message? Well, have you ever waited really patiently for a, like a slide to come up and just hoping it's going to come? Have you ever waited for the slide to come? Come on, <laughs> this is a nightmare. Maybe the picture that will come up eventually is a picture of a bus stop with someone waiting there and it is snowing all around. Have you ever had to wait for a bus again? I got here at the right time. What is going on? Come on. Or have you got a team that you support and you're just waiting for them to try and win the top prize or the top trophy? and you have to keep on waiting. Maybe you're in that category as well. Here's, here's the slide. Well, the people of God, they were waiting as well. They were waiting for a king to come. Now, they had had lots of kings. They had lots and lots of kings because God had promised there would be a king that would come, but they, these kings were all wrong. They all made mistakes. None of them were this perfect king. And so they're waiting, they're waiting for this king. Who do you think the king was? Who do you think the king was? Yeah, can we say that together after three? One, two, three. Jesus, that's right. Jesus was this perfect king that we will celebrate in a few months at Christmas time. But we celebrate him all year round. Because Christians believe he was this perfect king. And that's why we gather on a Sunday to celebrate this wonderful king, Jesus. And as part of our celebrations, we give an offering to care for his world, to further his purposes. And so now we're going to take up our offering for the life and witness of the church. And as we do so, we continue to sing as we remain seated, breathe on me breath of God. So, a couple of minutes ago, we were thinking about that promise that those words from Isaiah the prophet, that message from God for his people. And we said that, well, we think it's Jesus. We think it's Jesus. Christians believe it's Jesus that is this promised king, this wonderful, amazing king that was going to come. But you have ever wondered, how do we know that? How do we know that that's really true? How, what, have you got any ideas? How do we know that it's really Jesus that was that king? Any ideas? You want to be brave? How do we know? Did you put up your hand? How do, you, how do we know? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, we do. We know how to, how to cough, did you say? We do know how to cough. I'm glad you know how to cough. That's a very important thing. How do we know, Charlotte? By looking in the Bible, sure, yeah, definitely. So we've got the Bible here, and there are four books of the Bible in particular that focus on the life and the teachings of Jesus. Can you remember what those four books are called? Anyone? Right, name one for me. Matthew. Name another. No, um, four particular books in the Bible. So we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and anybody from over this side? Last one, what do you think? John, yeah, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and 
John. We've got these four books, and they are called the Gospels. They are called the <laughs> the Gospels. I really want this up because I'm going to have a bit of fun in a second. Uh, they are called the Gospels, and they were written by people to help tell us about Jesus. But you might be wondering, well, can I really trust these Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Because if you ever read them, they're crazy. Like, really crazy. Jesus walks on water. Jesus heals people. Jesus raises people from the dead. Jesus teaches you to love your neighbors and to even love your enemies and to give stuff away and all this stuff. You just read it and go, really? Did he really do this? Can we really trust this? Because, you know, if you were went down to Tesco, you're standing in the queue, you're with your mum and dad, and you turn to the side and you look at the wee barrier bit with the sweets and stuff, but there's some magazines on there, and you look, and one of the headlines says, Prime Minister Abducted by Aliens. <laughs> well, some of the adults would be thinking, that explains a lot. <laughs> but you'd be thinking, the Prime Minister's been abducted by aliens? You're having a laugh. We need to get a new Prime Minister. Or if another one said, uh, dragon found in Brighton's, you'd be like, there's a dragon in Brighton's? Are you having a laugh? Wow! You'd be getting really excited, wouldn't you? I would want to see a dragon. So you'd be like, turning right, mum, 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 look at these magazines. There's an alien and there's dragons. And your mum would turn around and say to you, you can't trust everything you read. You can't trust everything you read. It's not all true. And you know, you might be thinking that sometimes as you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you might be thinking, is this really real? Is this just the same as thinking about aliens and dragons? Because it kind of seems kind of wild. But you know, what we have in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, was written by people who were really there and they saw it with their own eyes. Or they found the information from people who said they found, saw it with their own eyes. So it's what we call an eyewitness. Like, if I was to go and trip over this stage and crash into Margot, and someone said, ah, did you see what happened at church today? Scott fell off the, the step, he crashed into Margot, and she's got a massive black eye. Well, you were an eyewitness, because you saw what happened. And uh, the same is true with what we read in the Bible. This, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is people who got eyewitness information. But you might be thinking, well, they wrote it to get something out of it, didn't they? Like one of your guys, who, who was it that said, prophets is someone to get money? Yeah? You might be thinking, ah, well, the same's true of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They wanted to get money from it. Well, actually, most of the people who wrote this and believed this at the time ended up in jail or ended up dying because they believed it. So they weren't doing it to try and get something out of it. They weren't trying to do it because of money or power or popularity. They really believed this stuff. But you might be thinking, well, they could just make anything up, even if they really believed it and they weren't getting out of it. They could have just made up anything. And well, it would be the same as me saying, well, 
tripping over here, hitting Margot in the face, giving her a black eye and saying, well, it didn't really happen, didn't really happen. But then you would be able to say, because you were an eyewitness, actually, Scott, you did. You did do that. It was your fault. And now the same was true with Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Because they wrote it soon after Jesus died, that people were still alive and people could have said, well, actually, it happened this way or it happened that way. And so we know that these are trustworthy sources of what Jesus did. And because they are trustworthy about Jesus, it means the whole Bible is trustworthy. That we really can know Jesus was this king that was promised. And for 2,000 years, smart people have believed these eyewitness testimonies about Jesus. Smart people believed then, smart people believe now. And that's why we get so excited about Jesus and we talk about Jesus in church and we teach about him in Sunday school and we talk about him at Girls' Brigade and Boys' Brigade because we really believe that these are true, that, jo that Matthew, Mark, Luke and John wrote what really happened. And that's why we get really excited about the Bible and why we do look at the Bible every week. And you dedicated, we dedicated ourselves to the work of work amongst children and young people. But it all depends on this. Because if we don't live under this and we don't teach this, then it's all for naught. Neil, just hide it, please. And so we're going to dedicate our Bibles. Because if you have not been here since the last service that we had, these Bibles that are in the pew are new Bibles. They were given as a gift by someone in the church. And our pulpit Bible is starting to fall apart a bit. And it's also a very old translation. And so someone else has gifted this Bible, which is a larger print of what's in the pews. And it, they've had it specially bound in lovely leather, engraved with Brighton's Parish Church on the front and with a dedication written on the inside. And that is going to be our new pulpit Bible. So that when the preacher is up there, He's got, he or she has got something that they can use rather than being purely symbolic. And it'll also save Margaret's arms <laughs> coming up those steps. So what we're going to do just now is we're going to take a moment to pray and dedicate our Bibles and ourselves to living under God's Word. So let us come together in prayer. Blessed are you, God our Lord, for you have given these holy scriptures for our benefit. The Apostle John said, these were written so that we may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life in his name. The Apostle Paul reminds us that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Lord God, we give you thanks for your word and for all the opportunities we have to share from it within our parish. And we now dedicate these Bibles to your service and to your glory. Pour out your blessing, we pray, on all who read them, that through your word you may be revealed to us. Lord God, grant grace to all who use them, that as we hear and receive your word, that by the power of your spirit, we may be brought into that fullness of life which Jesus promised. 
And may we ever hold fast to the hope of the true gospel, which you have given us in our Saviour, Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. So please do not let these Bibles just be a nice feature on our pews. Please use them when you gather on a Sunday. If you come to our open church on a Thursday morning, you can use them then as well. But allow God to speak to you from the, the, His Word. And we give thanks for these generous gifts to His service.